As you're listening to this show, you're probably training for a race. But how dialed in is your race nutrition? Precision Fuel and Hydration has a free online planner that you can use to work out how much carb, sodium, and fluid you need to perform at your best. Brady regularly uses their resealable 90-gram gels on his longer runs. Click the link in the show notes to use the planner to personalize your strategy for your next race. Then use the code INSIDE to get 15% off your first order of fuel and electrolytes and help support the show. More details at precisionhydration.com. Now let's get to it. Welcome to episode number 325 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. We've got a big show coming at you this week. We've got some patrons to thank. We've got some uh, running news to talk about, listen to question, might have some whispers and go on the loose about a few things and a bit of stuff to uh, talk about with what's coming up and a bit of a review on some precision hydration uh, products that we've been testing out thanks to the team at Precision Hydration. Welcome to my co-host is up in Canberra, Bradley Croker. How are you this week? Good, thanks, Brady. Back from the beach, feeling recharged, and um, yeah, looking forward to hearing from our guest host tonight. We haven't really had him on the show before, and I'm not sure we've we done an interview with him. We have Maybe one interview. Well, he's been on twice, Bradley. This man, he was first on episode number 23 back in 23, Michael Jordan's number, 11th of April 2018, and then he also came in on episode 211. Before, as it was one of the favourites of the Melbourne Marathon at that stage. Uh, he's got a half marathon PB of 62, 10k PB of 28.35, represented Australia at the 2018 World Half Marathon Championships, where he came 71st. He's got a marathon PB of 211.51. He is the owner slash director of Pinnacle Sports Podiatry. He now sits on the board of the Sports and Exercise Podiatry Association. He's the star of Australia's number one running shoe-related podcast in Shoe Geeks, and I think he's also like the Sydney Swans' number one like podiatrist and stuff as well. Welcome to the show, Tom DeCano. Thanks for giving up some time on your Monday night. Thank you, um, Brady. Bradley, thanks for having me. No, a good intro. Thanks, man. We're stoked to have you. Yeah, did mm. some digging today. Had some of your mates help me out with some of that podiatry stuff, so... We're looking forward to hearing about uh, all things Tom DeCano. Obviously, our listeners hear from you talking about shoes, but we'll go a bit more nitty-gritty into the training side of things tonight and your goals and hear about what you've been doing. So, yeah, I know it was a bit of a challenge to get you on. Busy man, busy dad as well. So, um, yeah, thanks for giving up some time. No, no worries. Happy to do it. Thanks for pushing it back half an hour so the kids could get them down. Yeah, I think I had, yeah, Croak's had some problems at his house at the normal recording time, and so did I getting kids down to bed. So 7.30 actually worked out pretty well for us. Tommy, um, how are you feeling off the back of the big PB at Valencia, the 2.11.51? Yeah, feeling good, good. It's finally, uh, it's good to get a result that I um, that I thought I had in me, but just never really executed. It's the last few years I thought I'd be able to do it, do something like that, but um, 
you know how it is like you don't get that many opportunities with the marathon so it was just good to finally get 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 a result that i could be sort of happy with um based off how all, all the training i put in so um yeah still feeling pretty good about it and you're backing and up for Osaka. Oh, sorry, Crokes. Yeah, well, that was pretty much what I was going to say. It's like most people after a marathon, you know, that first month not really doing anything. And it looks like you've pretty much had, what, maybe one or two weeks off and straight into Osaka prep. How's that all going? Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just thought I'd, I'd, keep, I'd, keep, I'd, thought I'd keep going. I, I pulled up really well, actually. I pulled up. So I did, I did Sydney Marathon and I pulled up way worse from that um so i got kind of got rolling in for this osaka prep um i mean i knew i was going to do osaka so i thought if i could squeeze out a, a bigger block it'd be better so yeah well based on um you know your your bars on strava like the last what six weeks looks like it's actually been a better prep than what it was for um valencia is that fair yeah, yeah. fair observation yeah, t- touch wood. Like since Valencia, I haven't had any hiccups. I haven't been sick. Now that I said that, I'm probably going to get sick. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I haven't. Like yeah, kid- kids haven't been sick, and I haven't been sick, which has probably been like the biggest um, help for actually getting the training done. Um, yeah. So things, if things keep rolling the way they are, then yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to a soccer. Do so you feel you feel fitter now than when you ran yeah. Valencia? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Take yes. us back to Valencia, Tommy. Like you were there for the World Half uh, Champs back in 2018. Like it's a magical pr- place for that marathon in December. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got, I got such good memories from that event. And, um, you, you know, you, you've done Valencia, so you, you know what it's like. It's um, they, they love running over there. And, yeah, they just – the organisation that goes into it, it's pretty streamlined. It's, um, it's well done. Um, so – yeah, you would have gone down in that car park. How the, cool, yeah, how cool yeah, is it? It's, it's cool. So we did that for for World Champs, and yeah, so it was cool to sort of get back in the underground car park for the for the warm up with all the all the elites and and um, sub elites. So um, it was cool. Did that? Yeah, sort of reminiscing of, of my time there for, from that um, World Champs, and um, yeah, got me got me all pumped and fired up for it. Did you get nervous at all? Like with the field, like it's a real like you know, aim for the, the stars kind of thing when you're doing Valencia, a lot of like kamikaze style racing, I guess. Some big names yeah. hooking around. Yeah, no, it was just more, it was just more exciting. Like, yeah, doing a warm up and just like, just literally warm, doing drills next to Bikili. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. Do you get all fanboy? <laughs> nah, like, I'm not going to like interrupt anyone to like get a selfie or anything. So no, I, I didn't want to, like, would, I probably would have loved to get a selfie with Bikili, but I, I would never annoy him during his warm up and ask him for one. I yeah. can send you my one, mate, if that helps. Hey, Croak's got one. Uh, Croak's annoyed him. <laughs> yeah, I just photoshopped myself in that. That's he was fine. in the race race hotel at Berlin, 2017. Uh, yeah, that's okay. Race race hotel, race hotel's okay. Not not, in, not while he's warming up. <laughs> no. Did you um, stay, stick around there for long or did you come straight home, back to the family? Nah, so so I, my wife Lana, so she, her family from London, so I flew into London um, and spent four, three nights in London, then flew on to Valencia for three nights. And I actually left, I came back to London the same day as the race. So I flew back on Sunday night and um, I left London back home on the Monday. Okay. I didn't, yeah, did, had a quick, had a quick lunch um, in, in Valencia after the race and then, yeah, then headed back to to London and then on to home. A couple so of beers, celebrate? 
Yes, I met up with um, Jordan Jordan Donnelly. Yeah, I know uh, Jordan. Shoe Geeks, um, the shoe yeah, geeks big shoe fame. dog from from On Running. Yeah. Huh? Shoe Geeks fame, yeah. You guys he's made him a, famous. He's a man, he's, Jordan's got a man crush on Brady. Man, Jordan's oh, like this. I, yeah, I saw him yeah. post about you, Brady. Yeah. I'm his boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, we had lunch. So, um, yeah, we had, a few, we, had, we had a few beers, um, had some tapas. He speaks Spanish. He speaks fluent Spanish. He was he was really showing off. He's the kind of guy that speaks like six languages, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a real high achiever. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, it was good. So yeah, had had that. My dad. So yeah, my dad was there as well. So my dad speaks Spanish as well. So I was I was the I was the odd one out. That's good. And with with Valencia, Tommy, at what point in the race did you know that you were like going to crush it and that there was you know no hiccups at all on 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 the way? I only knew like, well, okay. So at 30k, um, I was saying this on the on the Shoe Geeks app. I was like, I was actually feeling really, really good at 30k. Um, so I, I kind of pushed on from the group we were in, um, and I thought at that point I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna negative split. And I'm gonna run like yeah 210 or something like that. But um, uh, like a few k into that, at about 33, 34k. The legs started to get real heavy, so I sort of dialed it back. I'm like, okay, set, settle down, and um, and then like from there, I knew like it was all going pretty good. But with about two or three k to go, the calves were like really locking up, um, and so I didn't. I was actually worried with a few k to go that if they kept going the way they were going, I potentially would have to really slow down. Um, but like, yeah, thankfully they pretty much. Like they pretty much, um, I got to the. I was able to maintain pace, but like honestly, another K or two, and yeah, it might it mightn't have been pretty. So, yeah, where's it leaving now, Tommy? Like I was looking at the rankings today. Um, with the points, you've got Valencia, and then your half marathon at Melbourne. So, are you looking at putting another time on the board, potentially quicker at Osaka to try get? Like, are we are you thinking Olympics? Sneaking in somehow, and even a third yeah, marathon. Yeah, yeah, I, I may, I may as well. Like, like, yeah. To be honest, I, I, I kind of. Well, who asked me about what what I want to do in a soccer? I, I sort of, I got a couple of responses. I'll, I'll be like telling some people, you know, just a PB would be good, but, you know, deep down, I'm probably if training keeps going well, I'm probably just going to go out at two hundred eight pace. And if there's like a two percent chance that I can run a two hundred eight flat. I'm going to take that chance. I don't, like, I don't really like, yeah, I'm not really too fussy if I blow up and I don't run a PB. Um, so I'm just sort of going there to, I'm trying to put in like a, a, a big block as you can kind of tell, like it's high mileage and I'm putting in some quality in and seeing if I can get like quite a bit fitter than I was in Valencia. And um, yeah, I might, to be honest, if depending on, on what happens and who goes out and if there's pacemakers or not, I'll probably just go out pretty hard. Yeah. See, well, if it, and it feels okay, I probably will go out at around 208 flat pace to see if I actually get a time qualifier rather than points. I don't think I'll be able to get on points. Um, I think if I wanted to get in on, in on points, I'd have to run 208 anyway. Or you'd have to look at some like really like, you know, strange marathon that's in hot conditions that can potentially come eighth in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something like that, rather yeah. than like 211 as well, like something. Yeah. Go point yeah, hunting. I'm not. Yeah. The only, I guess the only downside of going kamikaze is if you like you know brett's qualified and pat's qualified and if one of them or both of them would potentially get injured 
then I guess you can get selected if you've, uh, which you've already run. Yeah, have you you've run under that time already, haven't you? To, like, I haven't run. Select... No, I haven't run under two eleven thirty. So yeah, okay. So so, so that would be that. yeah. So that would be the downside of going you know all out and missing you know a, a two eleven thirty, which you're obviously quite capable of, and one of those guys getting injured and then not yeah. making the team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, he backs up quick, Croak, so he can try the kamikaze approach at Osaka and then go to Copenhagen and just nail a two nine thirty. Japan, so like the theme of Japanese running is kamikaze, so you know maybe I'll just join them. Yeah, but isn't also the theme that they're all like walking from thirty five k onwards? You might yeah, have, might have much through. company in the second. Have you have you had a look through the results? I had a look through the results from last year, and it looks kind of impressive mm. um, when you look at the finishing time. But then when you go through the actual splits, yeah, it's it's yeah. not pretty. And then you don't want to, you don't want to be on the gut in the gutter when Moose goes past you either. You won't like... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I... yeah. It's Tell us about your training week, Tommy. Take us through Monday through to Sunday. It was pretty impressive. Some big mileage in there and capped off with a, uh, a pretty large Sunday. Yeah, so... All right, so basically, we go Monday. So I've got a pretty standard routine. Like, so basically, Monday, I start started... It's basically commute. A lot of my running is, like, run commute. So basically, I get the train from my place to... Um, to Walleye Creek, which is kind of like halfway from home to work. And I get off and I run the rest of the way. So um, that was 12, 12K at 446s. Is this um, back, like backpack and stuff or you nah, carry nah, nah. nothing? I go, I go um, Ed Goddard style, just phone phone in the hand and um, keys in the back pocket. Um, yeah. Nice. I, I used to run with a backpack and I had like my keys in a little pocket. I had like a good, like a good Solomon backpack. It was sort of snug and, and whatever, but especially in summer, like it just gets so sweaty and it's just gross. And so if I can just whack keys in, in short pockets and, um, and just, I'm used to carrying the phone now in my hand. It doesn't, at the beginning it was kind of weird and annoying, but, um, you get used to it. Like it's just, it doesn't even, I don't even register. I'm doing it now. So it's get, actually a lot more comfortable than running with a backpack. Just do you holding. get on the train with like splitties and a singlet on and stuff, or you like like on, get a few looks? Sat- yeah, so on Saturdays because um I do a Saturday session at Centennial Park, and uh, I do actually I, I get on with splitties and um and ho- like holding my rate my session shoes and stuff on the train. It's it's a bit awkward. Sydney but, um, would embrace that though, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, it's fine. I'm get Saturday morning. It's just like um train with it's hard it's hardly uh, it's empty and just a few tradies that are mine okay um, yeah so um yeah so i was actually that monday i was actually pretty shattered from um the sun sunday before yesterday was anyone in sydney last sunday it was brutal it was so humid so i was yeah that that monday morning run was a was a bit of a battle i was still recovering from the sunday long run um, after work that day, so ran home, so 12K. So I get off, um, yeah, I get on the train from work and get off like earlier and then just jog, um, jog the rest of the way. Um, so that's 12K, 444s, a couple of just easy, easy mileage runs. Then um, Tuesdays, um, it's kind of like my medium long run. So I'd normally just do one run on a Tuesday, do it in the morning. Um, I'm normally off work on a Tuesday, so I can I basically just get out before Lana heads off to work and get the run done. So that's my one run a week. I get a bit of trail. 
so I run to um I live in I live in yeah Sutherland Shire so I, I live quite close to the Royal National Park which is like a really nice part of Sydney uh in terms of like trail I think some nice trails there so like yeah I only get to use it once a week but it's pretty nice I go run, run down there it's 5k run to the park do I don't know it's probably like 8 or 10k um around the park it's do like a top loop a loop is a big sort of hill down to the creek and then a hill back up um and yes yeah, so that was 20 oh yeah 20k 20k 434s and you're out the door at 5 37 a.m what time are you getting up for that one like can you just rock straight out of bed and get jogging or you gotta get yeah, out yeah. before i'll be up yeah i would have been up like yeah quarter past five or something i thought you were a bit older than that how old are you? 37. Jeez, that's good going, Croaks, isn't it? I couldn't do that. 20 minutes before he gets up and then he's out the door. I'm, I'm minimum yeah. an hour. Really? Yeah, I pretty do much. minimum 40 minutes, Tom. Yeah. School right. teachers nah, say like, we yeah. put some stress through our bodies over the years. <laughs> I haven't done enough mileage, eh? <laughs> I should probably bump it up to 250 or whatever. Yeah, I reckon. Other sounds, yeah. Um, no, that's, yeah, so... Um, yeah, that was that was a good run. That was actually a lot cooler that day. So that was yeah, heaps easier. I actually had on Tuesdays. Uh, Niddle loves asking me if I'm wearing heart rate strap or not. So that day I had heart rate strap on, and um, that was one fourteens. Um, so that felt that was nice. That was good. That was a recovery run. There's something what's in your, that though for your, the listeners. Like we what's were your talking... max though, Tommy. Like, what do you get up to if you're going like really hard session? I to be honest, I hardly ever wear the the chest strap for hard sessions. I'll wear it occasionally for like, yeah, longer workouts. But yeah, I'm not sure what my max is to be honest, Greg. Mm. That seems real. Like 114 is really low. Like, yeah, I was surprised. It's normally sitting around 120 for some of those easy runs. So that was like that's the lowest it's been in. Yeah, that's the lowest I've seen it actually with a heart rate strap. This, this is a 211 guy though jogging at 434 pace, Crokes. Yeah, Isn't that a good lesson? That's a good lesson for the listeners who sometimes like pushing the pace of their easy jogs. Like let the body recover. Keep it easy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so there. That was that was that. That's a nice loop. And then, um, so basically Wednesdays. So basically, the way I structure my week, most weeks, is um, session Wednesday, um, shorter, shorter sort of session Wednesday, and a, and a longer sort of session on Saturday. Um, so my session Wednesday morning, I I drive down. So I've, I've got a Syl- Sylvania track. So. It's it's a free synthetic track. Um, you can jump on and anyone can use it. So it's it's a really good um, facility. I just wish they'd open toilets up there, but um, otherwise it's pretty good. So yeah, went down there, did a five k warm up, um, and then session was four by two hundred on a one thirty cycle. So I'd go again on the one thirty, and then um, eight by one k. I haven't done k reps in ages. So that was good. Good to do some K reps. So that was on a 4:30 cycle. So I was getting about um, about a minute and a half if I was doing around three minute Ks. Um, so the goal of this session was just to to roll them and feel just feel comfortable running um, three or just under three minute Ks. Um, and yeah, so I did yeah 200s. Like these 200s are. It's funny. Like I'm so slow. Like two, I did them in 30 seconds, and for me, like 30 seconds, it's pretty much like that's 90 to 100% effort. That's like going hard. Um, so yeah, I did my 200s in 30 seconds, and then um, 
Kreps were 255, 53, 51, 51, 50, 50, 49, 46. Um, yeah, so just had a nice little progression. Felt kind of felt better as it went on. Um, yeah. Tommy, do you do strides before the 200s or is the purpose of the 200s yeah, drills, to do yeah, the strides? So, yeah, no, it does. It goes drills, strides, 200s. Yep. Then. Yeah, I used to, yeah, the 200s are good. I like I like the 200s before the session. Um, seems to help. Get, and, and these, sorry, Tom, these speed sessions, are, are these different to what you've been doing in other sort of marathon preps? Are you really trying to just improve your speed a little bit more? Um, or this is what you've done pretty much all your marathon preps? Um, the, last cup, the last couple of years, like leading into my – Oh, year was it like 2020 when I ran like I ran like PBs of it like most distances maybe in 2020 yeah or no 2021 like when I ran 62 half in um in uh Launceston um I'd actually focused I'd gone back to doing much shorter vo2 work and I think I really responded well to it so I'm not sure if it's just vo2 r- raising that or whether it's um something to do with like mechanics and just getting efficient neuromuscular efficiency at the faster pace. But yeah, I just, I feel like I'm a responder to the, cause it's not my, like I'm not, it doesn't come natural to me doing fast stuff. So I feel like I'm working on weaknesses and I get a, a lot of, um, a lot back from it. So one yeah. K reps is like on the longer end of my Wednesdays. Like I actually try like the week the week before, I did 400s. I just did eight 400s, um, so much lower volume but faster pace. I was probably running faster than my 1500 race pace for those 400s. I think maybe, yeah. No, nah, yeah, it seems to work well for me. Um, so where was I? Yeah, then just a short cool down, three and a half k. Um, then. Oh, Thursday double. is another cup. Is that yeah. the big, that? Do you double yep. in the afternoon? Double. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, double. Yeah, yeah. That, that, sorry. Yeah. So I go. Yeah. So session in the morning, then go to work, and then I ran home. So 14 k that evening. Um, yeah, fourteen k easy back home. Um, pretty much every day is a double except um, except uh, Tuesday and Sunday. So then, yeah, Thursday is another easy double day. Um, so 14 in the morning three at 4.29s and then 14 in the evening at 4.33s. Um, Friday, we're going to do Friday. Um, yeah, a couple of, couple of easy ones. So 12, 12K at 4.43s and 12K is at 4.26s. Um, so this this week, this last week just gone. So normally I would do a Saturday session at Centennial with with Run Crew, but um, we had a we had a big sort of marathon session planned. So we pushed that to the Sunday. So just combined the marathon session with the long run. So Saturday actually just had one easy run. So just did 11k around home. Um, so that felt like a yeah pretty cruisy day. And then yeah onto Sunday. So. I guess off the back of Valencia, um, I'm trying to yeah incorporate. I haven't done that many of these sort of marathon specific sessions in in the build up to previous marathons, so I'm just trying to get a little bit more race specific conditioning. So 
Um, the idea is just to get that mechanical trauma that you probably will get towards the end of the marathon. Um, so, yeah, we did 38, 38K total. Um, did 30K, 30K, first 30K was sort of a steady pace. So goal was to be around 330s. I think we just averaged a touch under 330s for that first 30K. And then into um, 8K uh, faster. Um, so I was hoping to run around three-minute Ks. Um, it, to be honest, like the session, Gary and I kept um, just like tossing around different session ideas. And it was it was pretty hot um, Sunday. So I was kind of going into it, which is a little bit annoying when you have it, when you don't have something fully set. But I, I was sort of going into the session being a bit flexible, knowing that, if it got really hot and humid, I was probably going to modify it on the go and either modify it by modifying paces or modifying the length. Um, so I was going to go to 40K, but I got to 38 and decided you get to that point where you got like sweat streaming down and it's like flicking off your fingers as you're running. And it was just, yeah, it was 38. 38 was enough. So I pulled it there and yeah, so it all went pretty well. Like it felt felt pretty good. I had... um. Craig's, you know, Nipper pretty well, I assume. Yep. Used to James teach Nipper. Used to train with Nipper, yep. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 good Nipper. So I haven't I've never trained with him, but the last two marathon sessions he's he's jumped in with us. So he's he's training for um for London, I believe. And then um had your your athlete with me as well, Jack Maxwell, my mate yeah. coaching. Wasn't uh wasn't on his program, but you know, any opportunity to run with you that? and no, nah, any opportunity to run with you and Nipper, you got to take that. Oh, he ran. He wasn't on the bike. How far did he go? No, he he he, he, he the first he's the first lap of the bay. It's a seven k. Okay, yeah. Co- combined his Friday session and his Sunday long run. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, he did a bit before and a bit after, but he did. I'm just happy. I'm just happy he's back running. Twenty degrees and ninety one percent though on your Strava, mm. you Tommy. It's not ideal running conditions. Yeah, and that and that affected nutrition as well. So like. It's a bit unfortunate because I, want, I really wanted to practice race nutrition, but because um, the thing is, like Osaka is going to be pretty guaranteed. It's going to be cold, right? It's going to be pretty, pretty cold. So I don't think we're going to have to take on much fluid. I think it's more just about taking on carbs. Um, but for this one, I had to prioritize fluid over carbs because I can't really, I can't digest. Um, like I feel like I can't digest high concentrations of carbs with high volumes of fluid as well. So. I did the 160 Morton mix instead of the 320 uh, and diluted it a bit more. So it was more kind of just um, on the fluid side of things. Um, handled it okay. Like historically, I've been really, really bad with um, nutrition, with my gut, just not handling. Like to, like in Valencia, I, I wouldn't have had more than two gels. Yeah, I heard um, you say that at Shoe Geeks. I was blown away when you said that. Yeah. What, so yeah. did you have so no more than two gels, but did you have carbs in another format, like in 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 drinks? Yeah, yeah. I had I had um I had a few swigs of of a bottle. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't hot enough. To me. So what you're you're talking like say two gels that's sixty grams of carbs and what another thirty grams in in liquid like you you wouldn't have had any yeah, more than been, ninety grams. Yeah, it been any more than thirty. Yeah. <laughs> and the gels might have only yeah. been twenty four. What gels did you have? Um, they're 23 grams. Yeah, so he's only had 46 in the gels. Are you planning to change that, like, for Osaka? Yeah, yeah. 
I did, so the thing is, I didn't have, um, I also didn't have drinks in Valencia. I didn't have like anything out. So I had to carry it. And um, I mean, I didn't even take everything that I was carrying. I sort of just, yeah, my stomach just wasn't, yeah, wasn't, I didn't want to risk, like I just didn't want to risk getting a, or I kind of had a stitch in the warm up. So <laughs> it was like not worth it. You must be so efficient at burning like fats and stuff. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I re- I reckon I am. Um, you got to get tested in the lab. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, tell I, me so about I have the... been wearing. I've been wearing a, a this thing called a CGM like continuous yeah, glucose monitor for a couple of weeks. Um, so it's been quite interesting, like seeing. So not this marathon session, but the one before two weeks ago, I wore it for that. And um, obviously, you know, it's totally different to running at, at a at, at ma- like marathon race intensity for, for for the same duration. But still, like, I didn't get um, near. I didn't get any dips. Like, I, my glucose was just on the rise continuously for that session. Um, so, I do want to kind of play around with that a little bit more moving forward, just to see um, if I do get dips in some of these real long marathon sessions or not. Can you explain it to me? Because like people might have seen it. Kipchoge wears one, usually like a yeah, white circle. Yeah, same, on. Same, is it yeah, like a same. sticker? Like your sticks on you? It's not yeah, like wrapped exactly. around it's with like a band. A thin, yeah, thin plastic disc that that sticks. It's got a, a, a flexible filament that sort of penetrates the skin. Yep. Um, and and yeah, just just sticks to the back of your your um your upper arm, basically. And then does that sync with your watch? And so it syncs with your phone via an app. Um, you can get, um, you can get, there is a company that, that, um, does a watch. It's just like a separate watch. It won't, I don't think it'll link to any sort of standard GPS watches, but there is a watch you can get that, that will read off that. Um, but yeah, I just used it retrospectively. I just sort of looked at it, um, you know, through the day, like things that I was eating or, um, um, you know, fasting glucose was interested in that in the mornings and then, um, uh yeah for looking at long runs and sessions and stuff like that so i'm a real simple fella here tom that's why i'm asking questions so if if you were to put this on on your workout for 38k on the weekend and then looked at the data afterwards would it kind of show you how close you were to bonking it would it would tell me if i was bonking yeah yeah Um, and if you weren't how close you were to it no no you won't know if you're about to have a dip um, it's, it's basically just, it measures, um, when you've got your, this is, you know, what I believe from what I've read with it, if you've got your phone on you, um, it'll give you, it'll sort of, um, give you a reading every minute. Um, so you've got every single minute it's, or if you have this watch, it'll, it'll upload data every minute. Um, if you haven't got your phone with you in the app, um, I think it only does it every five or 10 minutes. Um, but still not too bad, but there may be, if you don't have the, the watch or the phone with you, you, that you might miss maybe like a dip or something. Um, but yeah, so essentially I don't have my phone with me, so I'm sort of relying on, um, maybe every five or 10 minutes to take capturing some data and, um, yeah, you're just looking at a graph, basically it's just a graph and it just, it just tracks and plots, um, your levels every time it takes a reading. And you're just looking to see is it is it you know is it going up or down and at what angle is it going up and down and is it fluctuating fluctuating or is it steady yeah. basically. And but if you're exercising um, during an exercise bout, like it shouldn't fluctuate. It should either be going up, uh, ideally up, or, or or going down if you're bonking. 
up because you're putting in gels and drinks and those kind of things. You're putting in well, carbs. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the interesting thing about it is, um, it's it's not just it for me. It's been going up on runs. Uh, it was really interesting actually, because like even on just runs, like fasted runs, say in the morning, like haven't had any breakfast, um, warm ups for sessions and stuff like that. It just goes up and up. And and that long run session, um, I've put it on my Strava, but basically. It, the steepness of that line kept going up and up and up. So it was actually my blood sugar levels were like increasing at a higher rate um, towards the end of the run. And you'd, you'd probably think it was the opposite. You'd probably think maybe because you're starting to lose some blood glucose, it'd be dropping. But it's because um, I assume I'm, I'm not a nutritionist or anything or expert on it, but I assume it's um, because my, the liver is, is where is where you're going to have most of your glucose stores and in response to exercise, the, the liver will dump glucose into your bloodstream. So if you're doing a high intensity exercise, your body's like, okay, you need, you need more glucose. Send so if the heart rate goes up, the body's like, okay, more glucose, more glucose, more glucose. And that's why like after all my sessions, five minutes after, if I didn't take glucose straight away, there'd be a huge dip um, because all of a sudden I'd stopped exercising and the body started obviously producing um, insulin, and it was um, it just didn't yeah it was reabsorbing and all that that blood glucose level just like dropped off a cliff, but that wasn't because I bonked that was just because the body um, was yeah sort of realised that it was no longer exercising. And is that the reason why there's like that 10, 15 minute window that people say get carbs in once you're finished? I mean, possibly. I I, I don't know if that's a direct link there, but. Um, but yeah, you'd start, you'd stave off like a, a big drop if you just sort of replenish. It'll probably slow down that that huge drop that you get. I thought that was also more to do with often at the end of exercise, you are in a depleted state and your body can absorb faster, like, you know, sort of trying to compensate by, hey, I need to get this in. So yeah. it can absorb it a bit faster because you are in a depleted state. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tommy, I noticed uh, the Red Bull in that. Yeah, have you? Have you? Have you raced with Red Bull before or used Red Bull in training? And how does it compare to like flat Coke for you? Because I've, I've raced in, yeah, like I, I use flat Coke at the end of marathons and, and swear by it. Um, thoughts on Red Bull versus Coke? Uh, yeah, I, I like the Red Bull um, just just uh, like the fact it's got um, caffeine as well. So I, I'm a big I'm a big responder to caffeine, so um, I like the fact it's got a high content of caffeine, and um, just the sweet sugariness mm. of it and the the flavour hit. I quite like the flavour of Red Bull, so just the combination of the fact that it tastes it tastes good and it's got um yeah, it's got caffeine. That's so has it got, has it got a lot more. To. Yeah, has it got a lot more caffeine than what Coke does? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, heaps yeah. more Coke. Yeah. Yeah. You would have done a few Jager bombs back in your day, wouldn't you, bro? <laughs> yeah, a few. I reckon you would have. How has no one made a Red Bull flavored gel? Maybe it's yeah, copyrighted too should, hard. Should, uh, do it, yeah, do a collab with they someone. They give it to you at Berlin. There's Red Bull on the side of the road at like 35k, little cups of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. No? Yeah, you'd like that. Hey, uh, Tommy, a shoe question for you. You got a pair of the Alpha Fly 3s. Didn't decide yeah. to wear them, though, in this workout. Went with yeah, the Vaporfly no. 2s. The, the firm vapor flies, I'm calling those ones. I thought you didn't like yeah. those ones. What's that? I thought you didn't like the twos as much. Yeah, I don't, I don't like them as much. But that's just, it's just what I got left, so I'm just just using what I got. But um, I've never been an alpha, so... never been an alpha fly man though, have you? 
Nah, I never had the twos. I, I, I had the ones and um, that, I mean, I didn't hate them. I just, I just didn't like them anywhere near as much as the Vaporfly. They just, um, I felt when I ran in the Alpha Fly that it, it just altered my gait to the point where it didn't feel as smooth and I didn't, it felt like I couldn't sort of have the same cadence, which didn't feel, just didn't feel as good for me. And have you put um, the Alpha Fly 3s on? Yeah, so I did some strides in, in the in the in the car park before the Sunday long run, and I was like, I was so tempted just to like, yeah, that'll be fine. I'll just wear them for a forty k sesh, but um, yeah, I decided that would be dumb, and um, I just did some strides in them and put on what I what I knew and I'd been training in. So I got to do, I just got to do a shorter run. Um, I'll do maybe Wednesday or Saturday this week. Um, I'll I'll give them a go for a shorter session and see if I like them. Have you got a fresh pair of Vaporfly 1s waiting for Osaka? Or you reckon the Alpha Fly 3s might be the shoe? I'm hoping Alpha Fly 3 is the shoe. I mean, I need I need any extra advantage that I can get. So I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm a responder. How, yeah, super responder. How annoyed were you getting when like all the influencers got them and then you didn't your pair didn't arrive? I know there's guys from the US trials cracking the shits as well about the influences in America getting them and then they don't have them for the US trials. Buddy Nitter and Moose got them weeks before me. Yeah. It croaks <laughs> and I feel in your pain, mate. We only got a pair last week as well and we were like the third tier influencers that got a pair. I haven't got mine yet. Oh, yeah, actually, yours are in my shed. I know. They're, they're very squeaky. Squeaky? No. Oh, they're very loud. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that was. I thought Moose was saying they were less loud because it's more like it's all in sync now. I think. Well, you, yeah, you'd think so. I, I, it's, I probably just haven't worn a, an Alpha Fly for so long that I just forgot how it, they just are louder than a Vapor Fly. Just having the pods in, in there. Yeah, that's a good loud. week. How many Ks was that? Like one hundred and eighty something. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Yeah, 180 something, 186 maybe. Probably sitting at about 190, 200 average for the last five or six weeks. 187. Um, yeah, I got up. Yeah, yeah. The average so far the last six weeks is a lot higher than pre Valencia. So it's just a matter of trying to absorb it, obviously. So the heat's not helping. I'm sort of just, yeah, borderline absorbing. But I am. I'm recovering well enough. Uh, sessions are still going pretty well, feeling pretty fresh and pretty good. The heat will get you fit, really though, Tommy. Tonight. Like, you know, that 38 – because I'm like, you know, having lived in Sydney before, like I know how humid it can get up there. And to do, you know, 38K at 321s, like you put yourself in five degrees compared to that, you're going to feel like so fit and so good. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, mate. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the hope. Another quick question just on your training. So, like, you're with Run Crew and, and Gary is your coach, like, but you've been running for a long time. How much is, like, Gary telling you exactly what to do versus you sort of having your own – having input into that? Yeah. We got, a good, we got a good setup now. So we've been working together, I think, since 2017, so quite a while now. Um, and it's, it's pretty much now what we do is he's happy for me to um, – organize my my mileage um and he will give me really good so pretty much when i got like goal races coming up um in in a sort of block period he's going to give me um my ideas on wednesday sessions and wednesday progressions as well as um obviously saturday sessions that i do with the group with run crew and um 
and sometimes a bit with the long runs and obviously like marathon sessions as well. And he's like hugely helpful. Like the, the last couple of marathon sessions we've done, he's been out on the bike. Um, he set up a table. So we got it. We, we do. So we did this session around the bay. You would have run around the bay in Dremoyne. Yeah. A lot. I used to live at Chiswick. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just set, you just set up a table there. And so, yeah, we got every seven K we got access to yeah our drinks and gels and then he'll, he'll, he'll occasionally ride around on the bike and, and hand us, um, hand us drinks as well. Um, cool, Tommy. yeah. So we just go back and forth. We'll, we'll chat about, yeah. He'll ask me what I think. I'll ask him what he thinks and then we'll, yeah. But for the most co- part, bit of a collab. He says. Yeah. what's that? Yeah. Bit no, of for the most part, yeah. I just do the sessions he tells me to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good recap, Tommy. Thanks for that. You're sounding good too. Listeners will uh, hear that Tom's got a brand new microphone after there was a few issues on <laughs> oh, Shoe Geeks last last edition, and he's sounding crystal clear this week. Croaks, can you top that week? Good luck. Uh, no, nah, pretty ordinary. <laughs> What'd you do? You were down um, the beach, weren't you? It's always yeah. hard when you're on holidays with kids to fit in running. Yeah, yeah I didn't mind it. I, it was good just having a change of scenery, and I haven't been down around Batemans Bay since his parents sold their uh, their coast house. So it's been like a couple of years, and I love this area of the south coast for running because there's flat areas for sessions. There's really nice fire trails for, for long runs. So um be an awesome place for a training camp. But my week kicked off on Monday afternoon. Um, so I yeah, had, had – oh, sorry, Tuesday afternoon, had Monday off. And so I met Matt Johnson, um, who lives down in Browley for a session. And, yeah, dead flat. We just found basically a 1K um, straight road. And, uh, yeah, session was eight by three minutes with one minute sort of standing rest, like a little bit of a, a shuffle. But, we, we, yeah, it was pretty much standing recovery. Um, and I actually really enjoyed this session. One, it was like just training somewhere new. Um, two, like training in the afternoon. I haven't done an afternoon session for quite a while and I find that my body is definitely a bit better in the afternoons in terms of just mobility and, and feeling like I'm, I'm just moving better across the ground. So, um, yeah, and it was – I remember last Tuesday when we recorded Brady House that I just wanted to pull the – pull the effort back a little bit of sessions. I just felt like I was maybe overreaching a little bit. And this was just right in that sort of sweet spot where, um, you know, fastest, oh, sorry, fastest rep was 312 pace and the slowest was 316. But I, I finished this one feeling like I could do another, I don't know, two, four reps, that sort of thing. So I felt like the effort was about right. Heart rate was, you know, mid to high 160s. Um, yeah, and it was just fun having Matt, for company um and a real quiet road where you just yep up one one way turn around head back so that was um that was tuesday afternoon and then wednesday morning uh, i met matt uh, at runnyford road so it's a road that's just north of of mogo um and you can it actually runs from mogo all the way through to nelligan i think it's like 26k in one way but one direction so i just did 10k out 10k back matt only wanted to do uh, 10k so he met me 5k in and then he did sort of the middle section with me um, it's quite a hilly I don't know it's quite hilly through there but all the hills are really runnable so I've got like 395 meters of elevation over the 20k um, and that 20k took me sort of 86 minutes so uh, what was the average it was like 413s or something but I felt I felt really good on that run like pace is obviously pretty solid but I pulled up well from the day before um, and in the old Super Blast, which also helps. So, um, And then Thursday, I didn't run till we got back 
to Canberra. So just headed out to Mulligans, um, 4.16s for just over 8K. And then Friday, there wasn't a group session uh, because most people were racing the Stromlo 5K on Friday evening. So I thought I'd uh, get back onto the treadmill because I haven't done a treadmill session for, I reckon it'd be almost like two years. Um, and I, I got really fit off it two years ago and also thought it'd be a good a good way to test my fitness because I would regularly do six-minute reps on the treadmill, jump off, walk around for a minute and jump back on. And I, I look back to some old training data to, you know, see where I was in sort of similar shape. And so I decided to just do them at 17K an hour, which is about 330s. Always feels like – feels way faster on the treadmill than 330s. Like if I was running 330s outside – it would feel a lot slower than what it did on the treadmill. Um, but from a heart rate point of view, it was perfect. Um, average like 150 for the whole session, uh, including the recoveries. And, and my max heart rate for that was 159. So I reckon it puts me in similar shape to where I was probably March two years ago, which, um, you know, I ran, what, 223 at Gold Coast in July. So I'm obviously going okay. Uh, my only issue here was with my watch, Brady. I know that you said that when you calibrated your Garmin, um on the treadmill it was then it was fine but like i calibrated mine after the warm-up so i ran like five minute k's for 4k it asked me how far i'd run so i said 4k um and then when i did the session it was basically telling me i was running you know similar similar pace so i ended up then just putting this um as like a manual entry into um into strava because the data like other the heart rate data was obviously accurate but um, the paces and stuff were, were way off for the treadmill. Um, yeah, it's, not... it's like it sets that, isn't it? Like I was saying before off air, like I only usually, I reckon my first run, the one that calibrated with was a five minute K, 12 K an hour run. And mm. now even when I crank it up a bit on the treadmill, it still stays at that five minutes. Like it's learnt that yeah. and sticks with it. So because I wonder I mean, if you have to like reset the calibration when you're going quicker. I don't know how you recalibrate yeah, it, it doesn't, ask, me if it, it doesn't yeah. ask you to recalibrate it. And because at the end of the day, like my foot's probably hitting the treadmill at similar, similar intervals when I'm warming up to when I'm doing the session, yeah. but I'm obviously like striding a lot bigger yeah. um, and obviously running a lot faster and harder. So anyway, it's not a, it's not a massive issue. So um, do you have a bit of Strava? Um, like you didn't want to put the file on Strava? You're just like, oh, nah, I'm not putting that up. Well it, well, it uploaded originally, but I just, um, yeah, I just d- deleted it and then just put, you know, the distance, data, that I, yeah. the distance that I ran and, yeah, and then just put what my average heart rate was and what my max was. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that was Friday. Saturday, just 46 minutes, 4.22s out at Mulligans. And then Sunday, uh, yeah, long run. So I did two hours with Zach um, and this was like, for my current level of fitness, like this was too hard. It was, I don't know, it was a relatively warm morning and it was one of those long runs where you get an hour in and you know that the next hour is going to be like a bit of a grind and traditionally I always just generally pick up the pace in the second half of a long run. So, yeah, average 405s for two hours and, yeah, like heart rate was I average like in the 140s, which is still not crazy high, but it was just... Yeah, I don't need to be running that hard. Um, yeah, like, look, if it was five degrees, I reckon 405s would have felt okay. But by the time we finished, you know, it's 22, 23 degrees with decent amount of humidity. It's, um, yeah, definitely felt like a sol- bit of a session towards the end. But it was another week of 100 and, 103K. 
Hang on, your mate Zach as well. So he's averaged four oh sevens for two hours. He raced yeah. the night before a five k. Uh, two two days before. Okay, two days. That's right. I was like, geez. Yeah, he raced a five k, and I told him after that. I said, you know, because he's going to do Canberra Marathon, and um, I'm like, you know, we, we can't do this every uh, every week. I think it's okay to pick up the long run towards the back end, but I think the first hour needs to be cruisy. Whereas, you know, we're still rolling. I think we're averaging 415s after like three or four K um, and it sort of just only goes one way from there. Whereas probably better off rolling 420s to 430s for the first hour. He'll say yeah. it, Tom, but he won't do it. He'll oh. say that. Yeah. Tommy doesn't mind think. fast. Long, Tommy's, all, Tommy's all for the fast long run. So he's not going to get stuck into me like Moosewood. Yeah, but he's a tall 11 guy. Our, our, um... I loved our little uh, long run. Uh, yeah, many years ago. Yeah, yep. <laughs> week before, week, yeah, week before I busted my calf in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, you blame me for that, don't you? No, no, it was a good, it was a fun run though. We did. I think we averaged sub fours that day for thirty k through there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We pick, I, re, I do remember we picked it up at the end. I do remember that. Yeah, it's tradition. Hey, you mentioned Gold Coast, like comparing your fitness to that year, two thousand and twenty-two. Yeah, Carly's got a theory that you've picked out like a marathon around our house is like Crokes has got something I can hear something in his voice that he's, he's got some race he's got some goals <laughs> for 2024 in that brain somewhere that haven't quite come out yet yeah I got goals I just um need to get the all clear and yeah like I'm I, I like the way that I'm progressing it's like you know I had a big chunk of 70k weeks upped it to 100 when you know I may not have sort of I probably shouldn't have but I go down to Melbourne in a couple of weeks and hopefully everything's still looking really good and I'll be sort of pushing for maybe an increase to like 120, like sometime soon. And then, yeah, if everything keeps progressing, then um, potentially go a little bit more later in the year. You could run well off 120 though. You could run a good yeah. marathon off that. Uh, yeah. Like ma- maybe physiologically, I think mentally I would struggle, like going, feeling like I'm marathon fit off it. But as I said the other week, I'd have to just be really creative. I'd have to have, a cup, you know, three really big days a week, and then just not a, not a lot in between. I think that would get me marathon fit. Whereas when I'm doing 160, 170, yeah, my volume's higher. But the reason why it's 160 and not 120 is just a heap of heap of extra doubles Easy that are yeah. 30, 40 minutes in length. Yeah, yeah. But but the you know the, the bread and butter of the marathon is for me would be you know two hours midweek. Um, a, you know, big Sunday and probably one marathon-specific session. Yep. So, you know, you're, you're pretty much getting probably 90K in those three three days sort of thing or three runs. Yeah. Yep. It'd be a good experiment. Mm. Would be. Years and years and you say, are you booked in for your next appointment, your heart check? Is that something yep. that's booked in? Yeah, so 14th of Feb, I fly down for the day for a um, – yeah, another like stress echo test, uh, a review of the loop recorder. Um, yeah, so fingers crossed, That's everything's yeah, yeah, tracking well. Put it in your diary, Tommy. Could be a big day for the show. If we get Valentine's Day. Yeah. Okay, some good news. I'll whistle through this week, fellas. Monday, I um, I was coming off like a 30K tempo run on Sunday. So I just did 30 minutes very easy at 4.48 pace in the morning before going to Melbourne and back to the tennis, which I spoke about last week. So I didn't do a double because I didn't get home until a bit later. Tuesday, I did 80 minutes in the morning at 4.27s. I was coming off 100 out of 100 sleep score croaks. <laughs> Second one I've got, Tommy's shaking his head because he reckons the data's not accurate. But hey, when Garmin tells you you've had 100 out of 100, 
that's a good achievement. Take it. Take yeah, it. if it makes you feel makes it feel good, then take it. Fully placebo. placebo. Yeah, it does the mm. job. Seven uh, k on the treadmill that afternoon. Super easy. Five minute k pace. Watching uh, Boy Swallows Universe. I was finishing that last week, which was a brilliant TV show. You end up watching it, Croaks? Not yet. Tommy, you We're watched the it. Other things. You wouldn't no, have time to watch TV, would you? Floating around there. No, I haven't watched yeah. it. Yeah. Um, read the book first if, if listeners are out there and they're interested in it. Book makes a movie. Like it's rare that they nail those TV shows like ad- adaptions from the um, the books, but they've done a good job there. On Wednesday, I did Moose Fartlek twice. So the 30-minute Moose Fartlek, I did it twice. So it came out in an hour, which for people that don't know Moose Fartlek, it's like three-minute steady, one-minute jog, one-minute hard, one-minute jog. Um, so all up, it was 10 three-minute reps and 10 one-minute reps. I really needed the jog because it was hot. I started like at 6.05 a.m., 20 degrees, 87% humidity. So Tommy knows what I'm talking about. Um, it was good. It was, yeah, I really, I think that when you go from doing floats or like constant efforts, when you get back to a workout where you're jogging in between, it just feels, um, yeah, super in control and super easy. So the 17 or the hour come out at 17.3K at 328 average. Um, yeah, the three minutes were kind of around 310 pace and the one minutes were kind of like three minute K pace. So getting a lot of work in quicker than marathon pace, which was kind of the goal in that one. And I think mentally you get some good benefits out of doing a longer fart leg. And then, yeah, I just think they get me strong, long fart legs like that. Um, in the afternoon, I was on the treadmill again for 7K. Oh, I did wear the Alpha Fly 1s. That was the first workout I wore those in. Um, and it's a good, it's a, like, I wouldn't say it's an amazing shoe yet. Like, I've done two workouts in it. Like, I didn't put it on and go, like, wow, this is, like, next level. Because I think the range from Nike is already so good. Like, so is that Alpha Fly 3 you put on? Yeah, yeah. For, for well, the Moose Fartlek? Yeah, straight out okay. of the box. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it like, yeah, it was good work. Well, I've just said how good the workout felt, so maybe it had a bit to do with it. But it wasn't, you know when you first put on Super Shoes back in the day and you're like, wow. Or when you put on that Mizuno Rebellion Pro for the first time and you're like, wow, this is different. This just felt like it was a really, really good shoe. But I also think the Vaporfly 3 is a really, really good shoe. And I think the Alpha Fly 1 was a really good shoe. Like, we're talking about an incremental, like, maybe improvement. Um, but I think the hype around this shoe was probably just... Nike do such a brilliant job of just building the hype that you almost think, like, wow, you're going to put this on and it's going to be, like, a, a new experience. Whereas I just think it was an extension of, like, a really, really good shoe at this stage. Um, I did 60 minutes Thursday at 4.39 in the morning, then 7K on the treadmill in the afternoon. Friday was 17k in the morning at 4:41s and um, 7k outside. Mustn't have been too hot, so I went outside. And then Saturday, I had a bit of a, oh, it was a bit of a clash of dates. I committed to running in this team for the Echuca Moama Triathlon, which I talk about in January pretty much every year. Where I run it with um, the kids' doctor and um, yeah, Carly's physio. So I'm in a mixed team. We've got two girls and a boy. But I really wanted to do croaks. Remember that workout two by 12k off a K float. Yeah, one of your favorites. I had yep. that to do, and I'm like, oh, I want to prioritize that. So I moved my Sunday workout to the Saturday, and I cut it to two by ten k. And I was like, if I'm a bit tired for this, um, this, you know, I've got to prioritize the Saka over the local team triathlon in Achukamoima. So I was like, if I feel no good in the afternoon, I could just jog around in seventeen or eighteen minutes. They're not going to be too phased, my teammates. So I did 2 by 10 k at like 6 a.m. in the morning 
And that felt really good. Like the alphas were good in that as well. I was like trying to run like 318s, 319s, like my goal marathon pace. And a couple of times I really had to put the brakes on and probably average more 315s, 316s. Um, the K in between was more like 350. It was like, I wouldn't say it was a float, but it was just a bit quicker than a jog. I did get a drink down in that K float though. And yeah, and I got a 90 gram precision gel down in that 21K as well which I was pretty stoked with. Like that's 90 grams is a lot to get in, in 70 minutes. So the guts felt really good. Um, so then I took, how did you space that out? I just, so they got a twist top. So I start at 2k in, so I'm just like 2k in, I pull it out of my pocket. Um, I twist the top off and then I just have a little bit of a, a little bit of a mouthful and then I put the lid back on and then I pretty much nearly go like every two and a half, 2k after that. And it's very like small, yeah. just in the side of my mouth. You know, you know when you kind of get too much sometimes and you get like gut issues where you try to rush it? Mm. This is, And all of a sudden you get down to, I don't know, 18, 19K, you're pulling it out and you're like, shit, this thing's nearly finished. Like this is mm. 90 grams I've got in. But it never feels like you have a big mouthful and you've got to like choke on it to like swallow it. So um, that, That's where I think this gel is really good though, Brady, because I've used it on the last two long runs and the texture of it is very much like a gel where it almost sort of seems like it dissolves in your mouth a little mm. bit. Where, yep. As you said, you, it's not like a glug that you have to then try and like yeah. swallow. It almost just dissolves. Yep. Yeah, it does. Like it's very easy to – and I think the because it's got that twist-toppy thing and you're running at a pace that's pretty oh, – it might be different for you, Tommy, when you're going three-minute K pace, but for me at 315s, 320s, it's like very easy to take that twist lid off at that pace and then, you know, and then you don't get shit all over your fingers or like – um, you know, it goes outside your mouth. It's just very much like put the tube in your mouth and just do a little suck. Um, so, yeah, so that went really well in the morning. So I was stoked with that. I come home, had an ice bath, drove Hudson to Bendigo. He was spending a couple of nights in Bendigo. And then I come home and had a 90-minute nap, boys. I felt like a full-time athlete. <laughs> Laid down, read my book for half an hour, fell asleep for 90 minutes. And then I woke up and I felt amazing. Woke up at, I think, 2.30 p.m. This um, other race started at 6. So I didn't have too much of the day to kill. Did a 3K warm-up, felt like I hadn't even done anything that morning. Um, went and ran, I ran 15.38 for 5K, um, which was, well, was spot on 5K. Like I measured at 5.06, which is rare for triathlons. Couldn't pull in all the mixed teams we got done. We ended up coming second. Um, and it was like, yeah, chaos. Like you're on a bike path, people come the opposite way. People have come off the bikes doing the whole thing and they're like running 4.30K pace. You're trying to get past them, but people come in the opposite direction. Like... I was stoked that I could run, you know, 15 mid, um, given what I did in the morning. And I really wanted to kind of push that. I wanted to get that kind of back-end marathon fatigue. I thought a bit of that might have come out, but it just felt like, yeah, a kind of strong um, 5K kind of effort. I ran 30 seconds quicker than I did last year. Um, and then, yeah, 2K cooldown made it like a 38.5K day. And then Sunday, I just took super easy. So like 8K in the morning at 4.55s and then 8K on the treadmill in the afternoon. For 161k a week, I put that's the vapor. A tough, that's a tough double. It, yeah, I, it was I, actually re- like it looked uh, tough on paper, but when I got to it, it was just like it was something probably about the. I tell you what, my brain as well. Two by ten k is easier than three by five k, even though it's five k less. Like doing two by something is a piece of cake, even when they're ten k efforts. I was like, this is this is easy. Um, so, yeah, a bit high risk. Like, I wouldn't recommend people doing that. It's probably biting off a bit more than I could chew. 
Um, but I got away with it and I've just taken, I've really got like three super easy days before I work out again on Wednesday. Um, so yeah, I put the alpha, I put the Vaporfly 3 on for the 5k race. That was a bit more snappier. I if you went alpha again. Nah, when I uh, used the alpha for the morning. I thought you would have put the uh, alpha on for the flex. Hey, yeah. look at me, I've got this shoe that nobody else has. It was a bit gravelly, so <laughs> I didn't want to rip them up. You know, when it's gravelly through the old port of Echuca yeah. where they're like horses and steam engines are and stuff like Yeah, you're not Brett Robinson. You don't have a yeah. uh, cupboard full of them. No, nah, I don't. So. so that was good. Anyway, should we thank some Patreon supporters, Crocs? All right, I'll kick it off. I've got Asley Unheim from Norway. Uh, Strava's locked down, but I think he ran 34.53 to finish third at the 2022 Unheim 10K. Uh, he ran the Berlin Marathon in both 2022 and 2023, running 2.41 both times. I think his times were within like 15 or 20 seconds of each other. Uh, so very consistent. Uh, he's a technology manager at Yaren Sparebank, um, which I'm guessing is a bank, uh, experienced consultant with a demonstrated history of working in several industries, including oil and energy, oil service, telecom, financial and IT. He's also skilled in project management, digitalization, advisory, facilitation, business analysis, information management and process improvement. So man of many talents, Asley. So thanks for your man. support. Yeah, all the way over there in Norway, yeah. Asley. Appreciate your support. Tommy, who you got? You want to thank someone for us? Or have I lost him? He's gone. He's disappeared. I'll, I'll do Tommy. Take so... yourself off mute, Tommy. I'm on mute, sorry. <laughs> um, no, all good, all good. I've got uh, Mark Auckland. So um, he may be uh, a Shire local. Uh, I'm not sure, but possibly. So his Strava's locked down. I did actually have a, I had a little look on his Strava. I couldn't see anything. Um, but yeah, he's, he's possibly ran 80 minutes for a half at the 2019 Sydney Running Festival uh, and 2.51 at the 2019 Melbourne Marathon. Um, and possibly, so he, yeah, he, he may have been uh, racing a lot uh, when he was younger for Sutherland. Yeah, so we chatted, um, chatted off air, Tommy. I, I, I recognise this name from like, early to mid 2000s yeah definitely okay. like ran for sutherland and like when i was running for sydney uni um i reckon he may have run some like shorter track stuff as well so mark if you're listening yeah. reach out and let us know i'm pretty sure that's him excellent so yeah he's um possibly general manager of operations at vision lifestyle projects um and qualified chartered accountant mm, smart people this week <laughs> So we're going to uh, Norway, we're going to the Shire. I'm going to go with Chuka Croaks, Hayley Waterson. According to her Strava, she has ran 17.30 for 5K, 37.03 for 10K, 92 minutes at last year's Geelong Half Marathon, and 2.56 at last year's Adelaide Marathon, where she finished third. Um, she won the fun run I organised in the middle of the year, Jono's run. She won that. She ran gun to tape out in front, beat all the fellas as well. She was part of the winning team. So the person I was trying to chase down on Saturday night at this team triathlon, um, I couldn't catch Haley. Haley put me to the absolute sword. Didn't even see her out there. Couldn't pull her in. So she is officially the uh, winning team member at the Achukamoama team triathlon. Um, I think she's training for Ballarat Marathon as well. So previously lived in Geelong. I think she was an ambassador croaks for uh, Moose's running store. All right. Back when she used to live down there before Moose owned it, and now she's up in the lovely part of the world, Chukamoama. So, Haley, 
Massive thanks for your support of the Inside Running Podcast. If you like what we do on this podcast, you can support the show at patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. You get to road to Osaka on a Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, depending on when they record. You get Shoe Geeks with Tommy Early. You get the monthly with Sinead and Ali and uh, Toby and um, who's the other guy? Christian, Christian on that show, yeah. So there's plenty of extra content coming at you. It just um, helps us keep the lights on here at the Inside Running Podcast as well. So if you value this is work, we are up at uh, 8.50pm on a Monday night when we could be sleeping or watching Netflix or with our families doing stuff. Uh, yeah, it takes us a lot of time to produce this show and bring it to your ears every week. So if you like what we do, you can support us for as little as $5 a month over on Patreon. As you're listening to this show, you're probably training for a race. But how dialed in is your race nutrition? Precision Fuel and Hydration has a free online planner that you can use to work out how much carb, sodium and fluid you need to perform at your best. Then they have a range of fuel and electrolyte products to make it real easy to hit your numbers. Brady regularly uses their resealable 90 gram gels on his longer runs and the boys training for Osaka are working with their sports science team to dial in their strategies for race day. They also work with a long list of top runners, including four-time Olympian Lisa Waitman, Hayden Hawks, and regularly guest on the show, Izzy Bat-Doyle. Click the link in the show notes to use the planner to personalise your strategy for your next race. Then use the code INSIDE to get 15% off your first order of fuel and electrolytes and help support the show. Patreons can get 20% off using the code shared in our Patreon-only shows. Shop now at precisionhydration.com. Now let's get back to the show. We'll go a quick bit of run and use croaks. There's not really much here um, because I'm, I'm, yeah, aware that we've already been going for 62 minutes. Uh, I'll kick things off though. Vic Miles Club happened. Connor Whiteley come down from New South Wales. He got the win in the 1500. He ran 3.45. Jai Hadfield was second in 3.48. And Thomas Moorcroft was third in 3.50. Melissa Duncan. She's returned to form. Name's popping up a bit now. Mm. She had a pretty good parker on the weekend as well, I reckon, like 15.35. Was it? Was yeah, it? okay. 15.50. Yeah, it was, yeah. Pretty good run. So she did this on the Thursday night, then that on the Saturday morning. So she won in 4.24. Jessica Smith was second in 4.27. And the Lucy Cleveland was third in 4.28. The 800 metres, Jack Atherton won in 1.52. DeGrasse Amakita was second in 153.2. And Mitchell Langbourne was third in 153.4. Georgia Griffiths, haven't seen her race for a while. She um, won the women's aid in 206.5. Morgan Mitchell was second in 208.1. And Katrina Anderson was third in 208.7. So good to see Vic Miles Club, usually sold out. Lucky we are, we're not lucky. It's a shame we haven't got our Vic Miles Club correspondent. I know Moose was watching the whole stream from from E level through to um, A grade on Thursday night. So that was uh, interesting viewing. Should have added well, him in the chat got, for it. He's already picked his race of the year. Vic Miles Club box. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Jeff Jeff Risley running four eleven in the fifteen hundred to finish fifth in F grade or something. Yeah. He was Moose was fascinated by it. I like seeing Jeff still getting out there when you're not at your best. Like it'd be hard to do for some of these people who have retired from the sport. My other bit of news this week, European Athletics has announced that they've got 10 times 50,000 euro bonuses for the best performers across the different event groups. 
um, that are going to be offered at this year's European Championships in Rome. So winners of the bonuses will be decided using the World Athletics Performance Scores. It's the first time performance bonuses have been offered at the European Championships. I like this. Some athletes don't make a lot of money, and this is a great opportunity to put some money in their pockets. And it's a fair way, isn't it? Like, it's a very mathematical way. Well, it certainly um, promotes, like, well, from a a distance point of view, it promotes fast racing as well, because if it's going to be um, based on, you know, the World Athletics performance scores, like, tactical races aren't going to win the bonuses. Mm. Yeah, true. When is the European champs? Good question, Tommy. I will have a I'll have a look while you go through your news. It must be coming up soon, but yeah, Tommy, what news have you got? New South Wales milers. Uh, yeah, so we had I think this was Saturday night. I didn't catch it unfortunately, but um, yeah, we had New South Wales milers. I think it was at Bankstown. So fifteen hundred, uh, Laura Roth. So I think I think you've had you've had Jeremy Roth on the pod before, haven't you? I have yeah. So this have, is yeah. his partner. So she she won it in four thirty. Uh, Amelia May second in 4:35, and Ruby McPhillips uh, third in 4:41. And for the guys, um, we had Alex Talbot take the win in 3:53, second to Braden Everett in 3:55, and third to Scotty Hamilton in 3:57. Um, and then for the 800, uh, Ivy uh, Boothroyd 208 for the win, Mabel Jukes 214 for second, and Sienna Novak 216. For third, um, the guy so Benjamin Jager, I think his his, his run crew 150 on you, Ben. Uh, second, Oliver Neat 152, and third, Ben Maloney 153. Um, Tommy, yeah. have you come across Ivy Boothroy? Because I've I've heard massive raps on her. I believe she's a shy girl. Is she? Mm. No, I haven't. To be honest, I, I have heard that the shy produces a lot of good runners. <laughs> but no, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen either. Yeah, one to watch, and uh, yeah, European champs are from the seventh to the twelfth of June. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Did I see Josh Kerr not doing that? He said he's probably not doing it, from what I what I heard. Yeah, okay. I don't know if he's confirmed not, but he said he's probably not. I wonder yeah. if fifty thousand euros gets him out of there. Well, athletes it's... are pulling out of things left, right, and centre. Like the next bit of news for you, Tommy, is like an athlete pulling out of world indoors. Like so, oh, yeah. obviously so, th- this year, this year there's just so many events on. You've got World Cross, you've got European Champs, you've got World Indoors, and you've got the Olympics. Like it's it's unheard of to have this many major championships, and obviously yeah. people are prioritising the Olympics, which means those other events are going to be a bit depleted. I think. Yeah, 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 and it's it's sad because it, isn't it? Um, World Indoors is in um, Scotland. Isn't Scotland. It? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Jake Whiteman's probably yeah. Well, so he said he's going to miss it. So he's. He's missing it to focus on the Olympics, um, and yet yeah, maybe uh, Josh Kerr won't be there either. Um, but yeah, uh, Jake will be at the Maury Plant meet, apparently. That'll be good. That'd be that's cash, good. though, wouldn't that's... it? Like, that's a bit of a, like, get into some warmer weather, use the name, the, the mm. World Championships gold, cash in a bit, don't have to be in real good shape. Remember, like, Centro's done it before, hasn't he? Yeah, I'm sure cash is a part of it, but it's also, like, these guys are so meticulous when it comes to peaking that they probably don't want to go to a world indoors underdone. Like, yes, it's on home soil, but they still want to be competitive and they pride themselves on, like, world-class performances. So, you know, there's no point in them trying to peak for world indoors when the goal is, um, you know, August, especially with, like, Jake. Like, Jake's had a few injuries in the last 
you know, 12, 18 months. Mm. Yeah. I think Josh and Josh, Josh Kerr's sort of, I think part of his excuse, I guess, or reason is um, because he's based in the US. So I think travel as well is traveling Mm -hmm. for different events. Obviously, you can take it out if you've got multiple trips uh, breaking up a um, training cycle. What are your thoughts on this like beef with um, Jakob? Tommy, you like it? it? It's good, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it's great. We, yeah, we need, we need more of it. He's very, he's, yeah, he's, uh, he's just, yeah, as he should be, I guess, world champ, but he's very confident. He's making some good statements, good bold statements. Yeah, this is the latest one on the weekend. Ingebrigtsen has flaws on the track and in the manners realm. That was in the article in The Guardian. I sent it through to Christian, and he just said, like, if this guy ever steps off a plane in Oslo, he'd be a dead man walking. Like, he's not well liked. Josh Kerr in, in the Norwegian uh, capital. That's great. So you That's probably good. can't go to the Bislett games for the next couple of years, Josh Kerr. But I like it. It's entertaining. Nah, it's good. Yeah, it's good for sport. Right. Um, okay, and we got um, so other other news you've dropped in here. We got um, Andrea Sekafane, who's I think she's trained with MTC, hasn't she? Yeah, mm. and then she went to Canadian. Bauman, but I think she's left Bauman now too. Yeah, like yeah, everyone else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's mm-hmm. making her marathon debut at uh, in Tokyo, uh, March third. Um, and she's got a half PB of 69.38, so should be, yeah, well-anticipated this marathon debut. She's back in Australia too. She was training around Albert Park on Saturday morning, my whisperers tell me. Uh-huh. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, so that was, in, that was in your whisper section until this came out in a press conference. You had to take that, one, <laughs> take that off. Yeah, I wrote it before I saw it though, Craig, so I'm always yeah. a bit ahead of the game. Uh, and just a, a couple more bits of um, news based on fields for events that are coming up. So the Milrose Games, um, they're in February the 11th. And so Laura Muir headlines the women's Wanamaker Mile field. Uh, she'll be joined by Jess Hull, Sinclair Johnson, Jacette Andrews and Katie Snowden. And at the same meet, Josh Kerr will be um, attempting to break the world indoor two-mile record. Um, and joining him on the start line will be Grant Fisher, Kai Robinson, Geordie Beamish, Joe Klecker, Cooper Tier, uh, Matt Stonia, and a couple of Ethiopians, Samuel Firewu and Adesu uh, Wihuni. Um, so, yeah, that'll be, I guess, from our point of view, watching Kai go around and, um, and Jess and seeing how close Josh Kerr gets to that world record. Uh, Boston, interesting that they've... Yeah, the info that we got today was just the men's elite field, not the women's. But um, Valencia Marathon winner Sisse Lemma uh, with a PB of 201.48 is the fastest runner this year, um, which is on April the 15th. So he faces a field which includes last year's winner Evans Chibet from Kenya and last year's runner-up Gabriel Gaye uh, from Tanzania. And then there's a yeah heap of sub-205 performances Um yeah, and so uh, yeah, Sandra Nowen, uh, Sandra Mowen's running as well. So that's one to watch out in April. And then Brady put in here. So Western Australia had their 5K track champs. Matt Ramson got the win there in 13:59. Luke Burrows second, 14:17. And Kai Heher was third in 14:22. Uh, Sian Monks won the women 17:02. Lauren Hyde Cooling was second in 17:11. And Kiara Nazaroff was third in 1732. Boston go women's earlier croaks. So I reckon they released it about a week ago. Oh, okay. So that was like Des Linden was there, Emma Bates, because she's withdrawn from the uh, US Olympic trials. So Helena Beer is there again. 
Um, yeah, they've got, like, if you're not seeing a big name on Boston's list, it means you're probably seeing it at London because mm. that's where they kind of go unless you're Calvin Kipton and you buck the trend and you go to Rotterdam instead of the World Marathon Majors. De yep. is there, Korea's there. Um, yeah, Edna Kiplagat, she's won it before. Did she actually win it across the line first or did the people who won get done yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it got handed to her? Not 100% think, sure off the top I of think my head. That's, I think that's what happened. Yeah, be good to see. Hey, it's like January, releasing fields for April. Mm. Build yeah. the hype. They do that well. Uh, we've got a bit of a product review, Croaks, before we wrap up the show with a few kind of segments quickly after that. So this is Precision Hydration. Have you done, because I know I was jogging with a bloke today and uh, our Patreon supporters and, and general supporters as well, listeners, you would have seen in the show notes there is a um, hydration and fueling planner that you can fill out. Um, so I actually did this today for the first time because the guy I ran with this morning is like, it's excellent to do, and I was like, it can't be that good, surely. Like, I've seen these things before. Uh, Tommy, we might get you to do it while we're on air, mate. I'll give you this link. Have a crack at this thing. Click on that uh, link in that in that show note there. This will get you sorted for a soccer. But pretty much, it asks you a few questions. It asks you what races you're doing, how heavy you sweat, what your goal time is. And then it kind of says, hey, this is what we recommend for you. And then it gives you like an option to buy a pack that just has the things you need in it. And our listeners as well uh, get 15% off with the code. And also uh, our Patreon supporters get 20% off. So it makes it, wraps it up nice and easy for people to be like, hey, this is what it's telling me I actually need. I might test it out. The pack's not ridiculously expensive. And um, yeah, I did it today. And I was just been talking about I'm trying to get 90 grams an hour in. It spat out that I need 90 grams an hour. I need uh, 100 milligrams per litre croaks. Am I reading that correctly? Of yeah, sodium? 1,000 milligrams per litre of yep. sodium, yeah. And 450 mil per hour plus 150 mil. Um, is that of electrolytes? No, so it's plus or minus. So plus when or they minus, give you, yeah. When they give you an amount of like, you know, 450 mils plus or minus 150, sort of depending on, you know, the conditions of the day and your sweat rates and stuff like that. Mm. I've done these things before and they spit out like ridiculous, like unachievable numbers. Whereas mm. 450 mils is like two pop cups. Yeah. I was surprised because I did it as well, Brady. And, and like, we do have very similar figures here, mainly because, you know, I guess the times that we're looking to run are similar. So it's not like, you know, one of us is out there for three and a half hours and, and somebody's two hours 20. And we're also like similar, uh, similar weight. So I also got like 90 grams of carbs per hour. I put in that my goal time was like two hours, 24 in like moderate conditions. So not super cold, not hot. Um, yes, 90 grams an hour of carbs, same sodium. And, and my fluid levels were 300 mils per hour, plus or minus 150. Because you must put that you sweat a bit. Whereas like I'm often running with like Rob Wilson. And actually he's put some photos up on um, Strava. He'll finish a run. And he'll be wearing the um, running company Geelong um, top, and it is just covered in like salt stains. Mm. And like I've I've never sweated that much before. So yeah, you can you can cater it based on your own sort of sweat levels, but you also can go and do some testing. So, but it's it's fascinating how this area of running has changed so much. Like I remember 2017, 2018, I was reading a few articles about um, nutrition studies that they'd done with some of uh, like. Canada's top marathoners. I think like Reed Reed oh, yeah, set was one of them, and it, it was amazing. Because I remember back when I first ran marathons, it was like, oh yeah, you take a couple of gels with you, and like you know, I'm talking 
probably 90 grams over the whole race, which is sort of what Tommy does now. But, you know, but he's quite unique. Whereas this study that I read was, yeah, like, you know, you should be more like 70 to, to 90. Mm. And, yeah, when I ran my best, I was definitely, I, I probably wasn't quite 90, but I, I would have been 70 to 80, which was higher than any, any other marathon I'd done before. So, um, yeah, I, I found this thing quite good. Um, and, like, in terms of the, the product, Precision Hydration, like, have you used any stuff, uh, any other stuff in the last week? Or has it just been the 90? No, I used the, the Calm Mix grand? as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was my thing. And I've still been, I still uh, put a, so when I had that 90 gram gel in that, um, yeah, 21K workout the other day, I had a chew again when I was putting my yep. Alpha 3s on. So I was like, oh, yeah, I want to get in the habit of like kind of just loading in a bit before, not that so much the gun goes off, but a bit before the workout starts. And then I had the carb mix and I, I'm not a, like, I'm a real, like probably more hydrolyte, um, like tab in the water over like carb mixes. Cause I feel sometimes they're like a bit too sweet. Um, yeah. and it's got really good. Oh, this is a funny story on the back of the like carb mix thing. It's got like put in like one to five scoop, depending on like how much carb you want. And I heard Moose on Road to Osaka talking about how his was too thick and he was nearly vomiting. And then I asked him how many scoops he put in. And he's like, yeah, I put in six. So he's gone above the recommended, um, yeah, the recommended dosage and was wondering why he was nearly vomiting. So I think I went with two scoops, so not a super high concentrate. And it was very easy to get down. Not sure if you guys have ever, probably not, you're probably not as blue collar as me. Like, do you guys ever drink the Maximus? You guys are probably Power Rate or Gatorade kind of guys. I'm a bit I like, have had, I have had, I've had Maximus yeah, before. Yeah, yes. I had the Lemon Maximus, the ice block one. It tastes no. very similar to that, which is the best flavor Maximus there is. Mm. But yeah. Had it before, yeah, Tommy, that lemon flavor. No, I've not, I've it's not very had it, refreshing. Yeah, it was even like I had some left over after my workout. And usually, like, my guts are a bit like, all I've done is chuck carbs in them, like, throughout the workout. And I was just like, actually, could drink it on the drive home, going, oh, this is more like a refreshing drink more than a, um, you know, a carb mix. So, yeah, it went down very easy. Um, I probably only had oh, 150 to 200 mil. Um, so now we've got approved for drinks. I've, I've really got to figure out and dial into my plan for Osaka and see how much I'm going to rely on the drink tables and how much I'm just going to carry gels. Because all I have to do is take two of those 90-gram gels. So pretty um, much got me. How, how, um, how many mils or how many grams is the actual – like what's the volume of that? Oh, of, Give me two seconds. 90, have a guess while I get carb. one out of the cupboard. Just yeah, just interested to, to know like how bulky or how heavy it is. It, it's actually not too bad. So, like traditional shorts, you would struggle to like you know carry it. But I know like the Lululemon um, tights, for example, like they've got these pouches down the outside, like these massive pockets, and they would that would easily slip inside yeah. that. It's 153 uh, grams, and then you get the 90 grams of the carbs. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that would, and I, yeah, yeah I carried one in my hand at Gold Coast yeah. and then had maybe another one in my Lululemon shorts and then, yeah, a couple on the other side. But it's like, that's, that's pretty I, like I've got a pretty baby. Like I'm a small guy, Tommy, and that's fitting inside my hand pretty easy. Yeah. You know that's I mean? pretty hey, good. Um, Brady, good. I got a question for you about the actual gel. Like we, we said before how I like the texture of it because it does sort of dissolve in your mouth, but I've, I'm really struggling to describe how it tastes because it, to me it doesn't seem to have a lot of flavour other than it's just 
like a, there's a sweetness. Mm. But it, uh, to me, like, I don't know how. Is it I a would... bit like Morton? Because that's well, never, how I feel I've, about Morton. Yeah, well, I've never had Morton. But... I've never had Morton. No. It's it's um, like the texture is completely different than Morton. Like it's not that. It's the yeah. It's the liquidy. It's more well, not, fluid. Yeah. Yeah. Not not but completely flavor? fluid. But you know That's what I mean by that flavour? It doesn't really have... It's just... Like, you, we'll ask just Andy Boy when he comes on the next couple of weeks, but I think they go with it being an unflavoured gel, don't they? Isn't yeah. that what they actually... Yeah. It doesn't say on the back here, but, um, yeah, it's very easy to get down, but almost like... To, like I do think there's a place for having something that tastes different towards 35K onwards, like it could be your Red Bull or your yeah. Flat Coke or whatever it is, just because that is so easy yeah. and so... I don't know if you're putting two of those down, you might be over that flavour. Hundred percent, Brady, and and I think in a way it's more psychological. It, like it, it's psychological as well because you get to a point where like you're 25k in, and you're like, all right, you know things are starting to get a little bit harder now. Um, I get to 30k and I know I get to like drink something different, and I you know, I look forward to a Red Bull or I look forward to a Coke. And so it almost then takes your mind off what you're doing or so, something to look forward to, I think. So I, I think mixing I think mixing things up is really important. Yeah, and that's like a choose a mint and lemon. So they've got a mint one and a lemon one. So that could be where you get a different bit yeah. of taste then as well. I did um, have one of those, Brady. They're quite easy to get down because they come in like one packet, but like so there's 30... So 30 grams of carbs in one tube, but it's sort of already broken in half for you. So yeah. you can, you know, so I guess one one piece has 15 grams of carbs, but it's quite easy to digest. Yeah, I got my uh, I got my fuel and hydration plan. Yeah. Did you? What did it spit out for you? So, mate, yeah, if you got to so run two hundred I think you got 90 grams an hour carb, thousand milligrams liter sodium, 300 mil an hour fluid. Yeah. Oh, you get a bit. You're not, uh, not a big sweater then you either. Get a bit less than me, I reckon. No, I was not... 450 mil. Yeah. Yeah, oh, as well. Didn't you just say sweat was dripping off you in that workout? But I guess that's when it's... Yeah, yeah I don't know. Degrees. I, I inputted it like as if the, the conditions I'll be racing in. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's yeah. what you're meant to do. Yeah, so yeah. I'm so not going to be sweating much in Osaka. Nah. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I probably got a bit of biased. Yeah, of what I've actually been doing the last couple of I weeks. Don't think, my I don't think there's any way I'll be getting 90 grams an hour in. But yeah, I'll, I'll be trying to get close. So patrons, you check your feed because uh, Zach has put a discount code on there for you guys and then everyone else, listen to Croaks doing the reads at the start and the end of the show and you'll be able to hear a discount code there as well. Um, also link in our bio for some more notes there as well. Their website's got some great articles mm. and stuff on it as well. I did like, like when you filled it out, it um, sent me an email and then it kind of gives you your race day plan, like from like yeah. what you should be doing 60, 90 minutes beforehand, what you should be doing um, 15 minutes before, what you should be doing during the race, and then a final checklist. And then, yeah, the packet kind of sets set you up was really cool. And then there's an option as well. It's like, do you still have questions? Book a free 20-minute video consult with our mm. athletic support team to discuss your plan or send us an email. And I'm like, geez, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and my starter pack here was, yeah, fifty nine ninety nine, um, which had a bit of stuff in it. Plus you put those discounts on. It's a bargain. So mm. a massive thanks to our Precision Hydration for their support of the Inside Runner podcast. What are we doing next, Croaks? Listen to question, then we'll bring the show home. Yep. All right. So this week's listener question is, it's on nutrition. Uh, we'd love to hear about your everyday nutrition principles including pre-daily runs. Uh, and this question comes in, I believe, from Ian Thompson. 
So um, maybe we'll kick it off with you, uh, Tommy, because uh, I know the boys ripped into you a while back when uh, you said that you were trying to lose some weight and uh, may have <laughs> may have got injured as a result. So have your uh, nutrition principles changed? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I copped it. Um, I, I brought it on myself. No, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, um, distance running, you can't, you know, you, you do you want to be light, but the the key is to do it in a in a safe and sustainable way, which I think I probably should reach out to a nutritionist again. I have in the past, um, and because I've been doing it for a long time, I sort of like to think I know what, what I'm doing. But um, essentially, um, all I do is uh, fuel for the purpose, and so basically. Um, if I've got a session leading into the session, I'm, I'm, I'm more like eating a high percentage of carbs. Um, so for example, like on the Saturday, so Saturday just gone, um, I made a, a risotto, like a vegetable risotto. So it was, um, pretty much just, just a, a huge uh, serving of, of carbs. And normally I would eat like, if it's not a session day, the next day, it's a lot more veggies, probably more protein and veggies and a bit lighter on the carbs. Um, so I'll cycle it through the week like that. I'll just go a lot more carb heavy um, in mostly just the day before. Um, leading into this like marathon session, basically I did go a couple of days heavy into the carbs um, as, a, as a way of as, – as part of that race prep. So just like nutrition – for these, this is probably my last, that was probably my last big marathon session before Osaka. So I just really wanted to try nutrition. Um, so eat what I normally would eat uh, and time it. Um, so, um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's that's sort of um, how I would do it. Um, what, about, what about pre-run? So like when you um, commit, like when you do your, you know, two double runs, do you eat before you run in the morning? No, no, I don't. Um, I just... I've historically had a really, um, for years, like just my stomach doesn't tolerate um, food very well. So I just do all my morning runs fasted. Um, I have a I have a strong coffee. I'll do like a double espresso. That's going to perk me up and that's fine for me. Like I, yeah, I get going. I have no issues get going in the morning from um, having a strong coffee. Um, and that's, that's also my pre-race routine. I don't eat anything the morning of a race. Really? Even um, mar- marathon? You won't no. eat anything? Wow. No. And have and only have two gels. No, no, yeah, I just, yeah, I can't, yeah, I just can't tolerate it. You're like a camel, except except you store glycogen. What about a Saka with like a midday start? It's a nine, it's nine fifteen start a Saka. Oh, is it? Good, I know that now. Don't rock up and start like that. (laughs) I think Craig Appleby thinks it's a midday start. No, it's not. So Lake Biwa, I believe, Mm. uh, was was. day, Um, and I did have breakfast at that, oh, and that bad day one. and that did not end well I had, a, I had a toilet stop at like 20k um it didn't sit well in my stomach at all um yeah so i just yeah like i like i mentioned before like i've it was quite like that's just how it, it's, it always seems to work for me but i was interested to see what actually happens with like my blood glucose and stuff like that so um essentially as soon as i start running my blood glucose starts going up and that's just from the fuel that um is stored i guess in my muscles and in my liver um so to me like the fueling 
in the well definitely like race fueling i think to me is like not the key the key is how well you carb load in the the day before and the days leading in and then that extra whatever it is like this is my personal opinion but i think that extra top up is that top up if you can tolerate it in the morning top up if you can whatever you can tolerate in the race top up but like the key is really just how much you can store the day i think the day particularly the day before um so i really go hard on carbs and um I just, it seems like it, it, it's enough to sustain me for so far for most of my running. Yep. What are you, Brady? Um, like everyday nutrition principles are just trying to get as much in as possible. Like, really. Like, it's <laughs> trying to, I said a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about weight, just trying to get on the scales and being as close to like 60 kilos. So, even like, like it's like, I think people would be amazed how much some of us eat given our size like i think people look at you and you go ah oh, you wouldn't be able to eat that much like you're pretty skinny but even like the bowl of muesli before dinner just to pretty much like top up and get some like extra calories in like when you don't not even that hungry but you know it's kind of good for you to get those extra um calories in that's why i used to always run faster tommy similar to you i just didn't feel like i needed it for my um like easy jogs i'd always have a couple bits of toast before workouts but now i'll make sure i get up like half an hour earlier and just chuck in a couple of bits of toast um before i jog just to start that you know calorie input before i actually go out running um so yeah i'm black coffee two bits of toast maybe some raisin toast sometimes bit of peanut butter on there um and just yeah a lot of carb heavy pastas rice dishes try to have red meat a couple times a week um for the iron and stuff um i've been getting into the kangaroo lately too overseas listeners might find that a bit weird but uh very high in iron and you can buy it from the supermarket like i'm not doing dodgy stuff going out the bush and finding kangaroos jumping around or anything um so yeah that's just a general and just plenty of like water just i've got one of those morton 500 mil drink bottles and it's just like just constantly knowing that's half a liter and just sipping away on that a couple of times a day yeah brady i, I don't know I, I think maybe we're very different i don't know if, if you're an outlier or i am but you're the outlier, I, Tom. I actually i'm the opposite like i gotta watch what i eat if i if i'm snacking and eating whatever and really? trying to like put calories on i put weight on and i yeah. and then i just start going getting further and further away from what i consider is like a better race weight yeah so and i'm even me, at the stage where I'll, it's yeah the i'll have a couple of weeks off after a marathon and my i put on like half a kilo and i like would have ran 20k for the week and it's just uh, like I, yeah. yeah i can put on like four kilo pretty easily um yeah, like a week or two after a marathon. So, so. do you, like, because I'm at a stage where, like, I'll often eat shit because it's high in calories. Like, will you, like, no. eat ice creams or biscuits or anything no. like that? No. You can't no. get away with that. I'll put, I'll literally put on weight. Really? Doing, like, 200K a week. Do you eat, like, fast food and stuff? Like, you eat Maccas and stuff like that? No, like, like, when when I'm not, like, in a marathon, when I'm not in a marathon block, I'm not worried about my weight or about, like, peak performance. I'll eat, yeah, some crap and, and just more calorie-dense stuff. But otherwise, like, I get enough calories and I think I get enough of my energy requirements eating healthy, like, not trying to go for those processed um, calorie-dense foods. Yeah. If I go for those calorie-dense foods, yeah, I just, I feel, yeah, I just don't feel as good. And probably a great point that there's no like generic answers for this listener question either. Yeah. What, what can you add, Crooks? Uh, not a lot. Like 
I'm very much about fueling around like the sessions and things like that. So if, if I'm doing a morning session with the group, I'm up at 5.30, I'll have like a coffee and a piece of bread with some jam on it. And then I'll start running, you know, probably warm up 45 minutes later. Um, you know, in the afternoon, it used to be like coffee and raisin toast. But I'm a bit like Tommy, if I know that I've got like a long run or, you know, a, a long session coming up the day before, I'll definitely eat a lot more. Um, and I will have a little bit more junk. Like I'll go and smash three quarters of a tea cake sort of thing because I know it's high in carbs and it's, it's going to help me. And, and likewise, after the session, I'm very much about, um, you know, getting the protein straight in and quick carbs. So like lollies, up and goes, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, like the, the fasted running is an interesting one because when I was running at my best, I went through a phase where I was actually really obsessed with like fasted running um, to the point that, I would have black coffee and I'd have um, uh, like amino acids like dissolved in water and, and that stuff oh, yeah. tastes disgusting. It was like pinch your nose and just down the hatch because I think those, um, what is it, BCAAs or whatever they are, like just help with the muscle, like not breaking down your muscles running fasted. But I got to the point where I could go out and run a long run, I don't know, like t two hours 35 with nothing, not having had breakfast or anything. And I, I think you can train yourself to be better at running long distances at a decent pace without fuel because I got good at it. Like whether it's good for you, I don't know, but there's no way I could do that now. Like I'll, I'll run an hour of 45 and I'll, I'll be looking for something because I'm starting to get, you know, dizzy. Mm. So I think, I think, I think there's a place for it. Dietitians may disagree. I don't know, but. I, I certainly got pretty good at being able to do it just with practice. Yeah, zero qualifications between the three of us here <laughs> on this question, but that's yeah. just our everyday yeah. uh, nutrition principles. Maybe incorrect, maybe correct. <laughs> uh, do you want to whisper, Tom, Tommy? Go on for you. Take this one to the bank for you. Tell your Sydney mates. US Olympic yeah, trials please. coming up on the uh, the third of Feb. Lindsay Flanagan, good mates of Bradley Croker. So this one hits home here. He paced her at the uh, 2022 Croaks Gold Coast Marathon when she got the win there, coached by Benita Willis. She's been in Adelaide for months, and my whispers tell me that she's training the house down. She come off ninth at the World Champs over in Budapest, where she, um, I think she ran 2.26 in the heat that day. So she's mm. fit as a fiddle. She's been in Australia. She's got that like Australia grit about her now. She'll go back over there. She'll be top three at the US trials and um, go to the Olympics in Paris. So you heard dear first on uh, like Jan 22nd. Get on our girl. And a bit of a follow-up from last week, Prokes. We uh, had a bit of chat about big M's, which is not just a big M problem. It's also a chocolate milk problem where all the cartons of chocolate milk here in Australia – um, a design where you can only open one side. We've got some mail correspondence in. Just going to read this out to you. Uh, this one this started off directed at Brady. Thanks for the recent Brady's on the loose. It's been great having someone not afraid to go after the big brands. On the last week's Big M cartons not opening at both sides, my understanding as someone who works very high up for the company that owns Big M on why the Big M cartons only open one side is that if both sides can be open, the carton is a lot more fragile structurally and prone to damages and splitting upon during shipping and storage. It's a downside of using eco-sustainable packaging materials and very standard across the industry. Double-sided opening would be, a ground, would be groundbreaking in the milk world. 
keep up the great work and don't be afraid to keep rattling the cage. That comes in from an anonymous source. Um, but you saw that as well, Croaks, in our DMs. I haven't just made that up. So it's a problem no, in did, the milk I industry. I see that. But I reckon I've opened up a carton of milk from the wrong end before. Oh, risky and I'm still, and, I've, and I've been able to do it. Yeah, but they just make it a bit firmer on that other side so they can be transported. But you I'm just saying. You can still do it, though. This is a problem for people out there. It wasn't just my mind thinking about it last week. It's a big problem in the milk industry, and um, people are trying to solve it, so we really appreciate it. I don't think that. I've opened up a carton since primary school. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you guys don't do more of that. I was shocked when Croak said he doesn't open them up. Um, I had the Brady on the loose, probably a conversation starter here. What are your thoughts on, like, this come across my desk today, um, AI as running coaches, like, download this app, input your data, here's your program for the next 12 weeks. You want to do Boston Marathon, Berlin Marathon, Wellness Run, Run Melbourne, whatever it is. What are your thoughts? Like, are we going to be out of the job soon, Croaks, as online running coaches? Yes, we already have that sense of... Um, I guess, technology in our jobs, but we're still humans on the other side of the keyboards. What And like, yeah, what are your thoughts? Well, I think people that are like really serious about their running would still go for an in-person coach as opposed to just doing it off an app. Um, because coaching is more than just writing a program. Like there's so many factors. And like I know personally, like I don't send a program out any further in advance than two weeks because things just change. And also, like, even knowing the, the people personally, like, so I coach a few people up in Queensland and it's, like, so hot and humid up there that, like, I've modified their training over summer because knowing what other stresses they have on. So, yeah, there's more Yeah, there's more to coaching than just an app. And we spoke about this off air as well, Brady, that you can have the best, um, you can have the best program in the world from a coaching point of view, but you often don't know what, that athlete has outside of the, you know what, what they're doing for the rest of their running so are they fueling well what are their stresses like at work you're not going to get all of that from from an app whereas at least my athletes could say hey i've got this stress on you know so let's modify this um yeah because i said to you like i've even had athletes that you know some will do everything because i when i write a program i assume that they're actually looking after themselves in between training but, you know, if they're not fueling, they're not getting sleep, it doesn't matter how good the program is, they're probably going to get sick, injured, or not run well because of all of those other factors outside of just the program itself. Hmm. I think you boys are going to be safe for a job for a while, don't worry. Reckon, Tommy, how would you feel like you come across the line at Osaka, you've run 208, 20805, and then you're, you're sending, you've sync it up to your phone and then the app you know, says, well done, Thomas, on your performance today. Congratulations. <laughs> but you want to share the highs and lows of a human interaction, don't you? That and that level so of accountability sad. and, like, <laughs> I know some of my, like, I know you talk about it a bit, Croaks, but, like, sometimes when I, we use Final Surge and when you see that upload come through and then you get the message and you can you sense the emotion in the message or the phone call afterwards, it's just like that's what you're doing it for not so much it's the... utility is just like a slightly possibly a slightly better version of the generic plans that you just download that are just like a generic yeah. marathon plan and you can yeah. you can give ai some more information about you and your and your specific goals and maybe it is a bit more tailored but it's never going to be at the level that that a coach could mm. yeah. you know that that and and the What's the word? Like the, year old, uh, seven year old at the local athletics track who's been doing it for 40 years. His knowledge compared yeah. to the app might be a bit different. But they look so yeah. sexy, though, Tom. Have you seen some of them? 
They look no, so smooth I, and the Instagram reels that come with them. And like, I was looking at this one today thinking like, take my money, this looks good. Mm. It's like, they look yeah. very, very clean. And I think it's probably keep that. updating your run to PB website, mate. That's Zach's Just, job, you know. mate. I don't have time for that. The CEO can do that stuff. But um, yeah, they look so good. And I feel, feel like it's that like fitness PT world because running's pretty hip and cool and popular at the moment, kind of probably coming into the running space and going, hey, we can make money here. Um, which, yeah. you know, you can't, can't blame people for trying to make a living and stuff like that. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how well, and I guess it could be cost effective for people as well. I think um, coaching as well, like there's a big aspect of it that's like relationship based. And like, I know when I was running at my best, like my coach was over in New Zealand at the time and it was just having that reassurance that, you know, somebody, you know, that he had faith in that we we're doing the right thing and, and just having a phone call hmm. and then coming, coming off that phone call just feeling reassured that, you know, you know, he's got your back and that, you Someone's know, you're, head, you're heading in the right direction. You're not going to get that off, off an app. Yeah. Like, or, you know, or how can you, how can you build a relationship with, with an app? You can't. Tell you how they'll do it. They'll, they'll have, the app will give you instant kudos on Strava <laughs> and that'll hook people in. Yeah. There'll be some kind of like dopamine kind of hit, you know, you yeah, will light up different colors or something when you achieve it for the accountability and stuff. Speaking of suggested workouts and stuff, Brady, do you still have the suggested workouts on your Garmin pop up every day for what oh, you mate, should do? You should have seen now, mine the other day after I had this like 100 out of 100 score. It was like something, it was like, I'm going to say it was like 30 by 200 meters at 205k pace. Yeah, it always tells me that I'm not doing enough anaerobic stuff. So, yeah, it's running, it wants me to run at like sub 245k pace. <laughs> and, um, but then on the flip side, it, it's never told me to run more than an hour. Yeah. So maybe maybe it knows I've got a dodgy heart or something. After, and should be yeah. running over an hour. After that really big Saturday, when I woke up on the Sunday, it said, like, training readiness, three out of 100. And it's just, like, recommend rest day. And I'm like, hey, you know what's going on? You know I put a bit of stress through the body yesterday. What's the longest What's the longest run it's told you to do? Oh, maybe an hour. Yeah. yeah. Or 70 <laughs> like minutes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, yeah. The point you're trying to make, there's still some developments if we're going to let AI. Yeah. Um, yeah, take over our trainer. That was a good chat, fellas. I enjoyed that. Uh, what's coming up? South Australia 5K champs on Wednesday. ACT track and field champs this weekend. Any big dogs coming down from Perisher to do that, Crooks? Uh, it's normally a pretty good meet because um, the 800s on like the Friday night, and so it's a, it's generally a pretty fast track. Um, so often we'll get a lot of people down from Sydney. Um, sometimes like people. A bowl. Like I wouldn't be surprised mm. if guys like Joe Deng run. Um, you know, Cam Myers. So, so it should be a decent meet. Some of the events, anyway. Yep. Uh, and a repeat from last week. Our Mizuno slash Road to Osaka Inside Running podcast listeners marathon session open training, whatever you want to call it. Sunday fourth of Feb, Albert Park. Um, we're going to start a warm up. I think six thirty bottle drop, six forty five warm up, seven fifteen workout. Be sure to get down there. You want to try the Mizuno Rebellion Pros. There'll be some of those to test as well. Uh, we'll have final details on the workout tomorrow. I'm um, sorry, next week. I'll get that off Moose. Should come down for that, Tommy. Put a few blokes to the sword. Get a last confidence booster before you go. See if we can get fun. you I've down. Never, I'd love to do a session around Albert Park. Have you ever ran around sure, there like in a race, Albert Park 10K? No, I've never done that. No. Just some cool yeah. downs and warm-ups before Zatapec, maybe? No. No, I've only ever done one Zatapak. That was Box Hill. Oh, that was a good year, wasn't it? That was great. The Stewie and Pat Tiernan year. Everyone ran quick. Everyone was in next percents. 
Oh, really? You were in X percent, weren't yeah. you? No, no, that's no. I wasn't. That wasn't that year that I was oh, there. Did you do Brett um, Robinson winning year? I reckon. Yeah, there. that's right. Yeah, yeah that's was that that Australia year Day or something. Uh, I don't even remember. I reckon it was Australia Day. They moved it. Uh, that's it, Croaks. What do you got coming up between now and next week? Uh, yeah, a bit of training. Um, probably last week of holidays, I suppose. Mm. May get may oh, actually probably won't get called in next week. Cause I think school only goes back like late next week. So Wednesday here in Victoria, it goes back. Yeah, so I probably won't be needed in the first two days. Tommy, where you got coming up? Uh not not a lot, mate. Just more of the same. I'm busy with work and um, just trying to yeah squeeze in. I don't I really don't have much of a life at the moment, to be honest. I'm just squeezing in the training, work. Um, kids are still on school holidays, so just you know, Lana's. I mean, I can't complain. She's organised all their their schedules, so I've just got to be there and do this at this time. But um, have you cut yeah. hours at all, like just to try and get a bit more training and a bit more recovery, and you know, try and live a bit more the pro <laughs> pro athlete life? I've got yeah, like as part of my week. I mean, I'm still probably doing about maybe thirty thirty or so hours uh, clinically, but um, I take I take like a good hour and a half two hours actually block two days a week to go to the gym. So I go to the, I go to the gym in the city, just so I'll take a break from work, go to the gym. Um, so that's been a bit of a, like, yeah, it's hard to carve out the time, but I've decided to carve out the time to do, to do the gym. Otherwise I just won't do it. I won't do it at home. So you set your gym stuff. Sorry. You set uh, your gym stuff. I used to, well, I used to, I used to get it from um, Dave Costello. Yep. He, he, you know, you, you guys know Dave. Yeah. He was great. Um, but um, he, he's packed up shop. He's, a, he's teaching now. Um, so I see, I see the guys at 4D. Um, so Jack at 4D, he gives me a program. Um, they're just in the CBD, like near Town Hall. Uh, so it's close to work. I, I work in Surrey Hills. So I just sort of jump on the light rail. It's a few stops. Mm. Um, it's great. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's a good setup. It's a good gym, and I'm happy with Jack's programming. It's 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 good. It's a solid hour twice a week. Heavy heavy weights or more sort of activation stuff? Yeah, so it's it's a good like it's a proper like it's a one hour of like I'm not mucking around. I'm in there and doing stuff. So I start with mobility activation, and then the next set is like the main set of strength. So I'm lifting heavy, whether that's like deadlifts or squats or. Um, yeah, that sort of stuff. And then um, plyometrics. So I'll just cycle through the heavy heavy weights, plyos. And then after that, it's just some sort of general like trunk work and um, some other sort of slightly lower load strength work to finish up. Um, Makes yeah. this week even more impressive, Brady. It's pretty good. Throwing that in. Dad of two kids working full yeah. time, running 200K weeks. So you're taking new clients at Pinnacle Sports Podiatry, Tommy. If any Sydney people are out there listening, you're pretty full. <laughs> no no yeah 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 I'm, I'm i'm always yeah i mean i'm only probably a couple of weeks booked out so i've got still got yeah get in there of... listeners if you if you like what you've heard how the sydney swans looking tom they're looking a bit better this season so yeah. i did the pre-season screening a few weeks ago or it was actually just just before they had the chrissy break um and there was less issues in the last couple of years so that's good that's they good. didn't invite you to the 2K time trial? <laughs> no. no. Every year they like joke about, yeah, Tommy will get you over the 2K time trial. But then like when it comes to it, they, I don't get the invite. And I reckon they're just, you know. But I said to them what they should do is I'll do the 2K time trial and I'll, I'll you know, show them up. and then, um, But then I'm going to do like a, a kick a kick for distance yeah. or accuracy or whatever. And they'll just destroy me when I try and I'll probably pull a hammy. 
I heard one of the I heard one of the clubs banned super shoes from their um 2K time yeah, trials. Not not us. Um, yeah, you heard that on this show. Yeah, last I'll week. give like person <laughs> by person advice, but whether they actually take my advice because I've had some of the guys that maybe aren't um <laughs> on taking the advice on board, but for the most part, no, that yeah. Mm. Very good. Thanks, Tommy. Good luck for the last five mm. weeks for the Osaka prep. And, um, yeah, we'll probably, probably see you over in Japan if we don't see you beforehand. Yeah, we'll do. Sounds good. Thanks, Tommy. See Thanks, you, coach. Tommy. See you, boys. Yeah, Thanks, mate. listeners. Do it all again next week. Doesn't matter if it don't come back. Under-